0: Welcome back to another edition of Coronation Radio. I am your host, Patrick Gerhardt. And with me today, we have college football guru, Alex Kirshner. As many of you know, Alex is a former SB Nation college football writer, currently co-host of the Split Zone Duo podcast, and has written for 538, Slate, and other periodicals. Alex is also a Pittsburgh native and has graciously agreed to come on today and talk with us about Pittsburgh football. More importantly, former Pitt offensive coordinator Mark Whipple, who has recently joined Scott Football, Scott Frost's staff at Nebraska. Alex, welcome to the show. And how are you today? Are you getting through
1: the offseason? Getting through it. Thank you for having me.
0: Um, Alex. If people that at home don't know, why don't you give a little bit more background on kind of your connection to college football and more importantly, Pittsburgh football?
1: Yeah, sure. So I've covered college football for just about my whole career now, um, which is about a, about a decade of covering the sports. So not too long, but, but we get up there in years as we go. Uh, and I'm from Pittsburgh. So, uh, you know, spend a bit of time reporting on Pitt over the years, uh, grew up a Pitt fan, you know, Pitt family for sure. Uh, And, have you know, always kind of had a special place in my heart for the hometown team.
0: And you did not go to Pitt, though, correct? No, I did not. You went to Maryland, correct?
1: Yep. Yep. Go Terps.
0: Are you a big basketball fan then?
1: Uh, You know, I've kind of opted out of the 2021 season for obvious reasons, uh, but I have been known over the years to get pretty into Maryland basketball games. Yeah.
0: That's good. Maybe next year we can get you on for uh, the, our college football segments <laughs> or co- I'm sorry, college basketball segments. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. main reason why we had you on here. Scott Frost just hired on a new offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple from Penn, from Pitt. Uh, you know, he's known this last year for making a pretty prolific offense for them. And more importantly, uh, with quarterback Kenny Pickett, what was Mark's tenure at Pitt like for the most part?
1: Yeah, it was an interesting run because he had a couple of years at Pitt where the offense was kind of a laggard, didn't do much despite having, you know, a, a somewhat experienced quarterback in Kenny Pickett who made an appearance at the very end of his, you know, true freshman season uh, when Pitt beat Miami in in a game around Thanksgiving that you might remember from a couple of years ago. Um, but you know, then as he kind of went on in his career as a starting quarterback. Uh, going from 2018 to 2020, you know, with Mark Whipple during that time, uh, Pitt didn't do, I think Mark Whipple came aboard in 2019, I should say. Uh, Pitt didn't do a a great deal offensively. Uh, They weren't much in 2019. Uh, 2020 was obviously a bizarre year because of the pre-vaccine stage of the pandemic. Uh, And then in 2021, everything that could have possibly clicked, clicked. And Pitt had one of the great offenses in college football. And Kenny Pickett was the Heisman finalist. and. Jordan Addison, the, a wide receiver, won the Blitnikoff Award. And, and then everyone except for uh, the wide receiver I just mentioned rolled rolled right on out of town.
0: So how much of the success was personnel or was it coach? you know, or and how much was it coaching for the most part for Pitt?
1: I mean, I tend to always believe that the players are the most important piece in college football. Um, I think that they are the reason why teams – are good uh, and the reason why teams have any kind of upside that they can fulfill. Uh, But Whipple did some good things. I think Whipple staff did some good things in 2021. Uh, You know, one of the things that I think was really notable about Pitt's offense last year was sort of the, the smoothness or the fluidity of their downfield passing game. It felt like their route concepts really worked uh, and receivers were dragging defenders away from each other uh, and creating throwing lanes for Pickett to put the ball into. So, you know, I think for any good offense, it sort of has to be harmonious. And that was the case for Pitt in 2021.
0: Did you follow Mark's history before he came to Pitt this, you know, this last turnaround? And if so, is there anything historically that he has done, especially when he was head coach, Uh, that you think probably evolved into what he's become to as today as an offensive coordinator.
1: He's had a long, interesting coaching career. You know, I, I was a kid in Pittsburgh when Mark Whipple was an offensive assistant, when he was of quarterbacks, uh, when Ben Roethlisberger was a rookie with the Steelers, uh, obviously he's bounced around to a bunch of NFL jobs. You know, he made the choice to try to coach football games at UMass a couple of different times, Uh, You know, including as an FBS program from 2014 to 18 and that yielded the results that it was probably always going to yield no matter who the quarterback was, excuse me, no matter who the the head coach was or the offensive coordinator was. Uh, So he's, he's lived a pretty long football life. No question.
0: Uh, With his age going on to his staff, like Scott Frost, what kind of transition should Nebraska fans expect with him coming on board? And more importantly, what do you think he's going to do to the Nebraska offense?
1: Honestly, it's it's really hard to say until you get more of a sense of whose offense it really is. You know, I know that's Scott Frost's side of the ball. Uh, You know, I think at Pitt, because Pat Narduzzi, the head coach there, is very much a defense guy uh, and is somewhat hands off with his offense. You know, you probably had Mark Whipple's fingerprints pretty thoroughly on that offense for the last three four years. Uh, I would expect that at Nebraska, it's a little bit more of a collaborative process, just because you know Scott has his. Offensive vision has his identity, uh, and you know until it gets sorted out, uh, exactly who is who has their hands on the buttons. Yeah, you know, I think it's hard to say exactly what Nebraska's offense will look like, but I guess for all of your sake, I would say I hope better.
0: <laughs> I would fully agree with you on the last part. In terms of his quarterback development, what have you seen from the quarterbacks that he's had so far?
1: Well, I mean, it's it was Kenny Pickett uh, at Pitt. It was it was just one quarterback. All the way through, you know, Mark, Mark Whipple didn't stick around for the uh, Peach Bowl, uh, which which Kenny Pickett also didn't play in. Um, So really, I I think that Kenny Pickett may have missed a game at some point. I think he missed one or two games in 2020 with a with a bit of an injury. But, uh, you know, as far as Pitt's concerned, his quarterback track record is just Kenny Pickett. And what happened in 2021 was amazing. Uh, What changed between 2020 and 2021? Probably a number of things. I guess, I think, like I mentioned, I think that the the passing concepts worked really well for Pitt last year, um, but also Kenny Pickett just worked really hard and became a much better player uh, over an extended period of time. So uh, it's it's interesting because really, as far as last four years goes, uh, last three years that he's been at Pitt, it's it's one guy. Uh, that's you know, if you want Mark Whipple's track record at the position, you just look at Kenny Pickett, and that's the answer.
0: In terms of offensive philosophy, what does he really bring to Nebraska? At least that you've seen from watching Nebraska over the past few years and what Pitt has done this past year.
1: Yeah, it is different. You know, I think that Mark Whipple is a more conventional, what used to be called pro style coach. Uh, makes sense given his time in the NFL over the years, uh, you know, his various stops where he's coached drop back quarterbacks and Kenny Pickett sort of fits that mold. Uh, I think the simplest thing is that it's, it's a little bit different than the RPO based sort of modified option based deal that Scott Frost is known for. Uh, and that's why I think you'll get a pretty clear idea pretty early in the season, you know, who is philosophically running the show on Nebraska's offense, you know, how much control did Scott Frost seed, uh, how much of it is, is still the head coach being involved, things like that.
0: In regards to Mark's tenure at Pitt, what was it like for the most part? Were the fans fairly happy? I know a lot of Pittsburgh fans I know kind of did a 180 this past year. Uh, You know, were people surprised when he left?
1: Uh, No, I don't think people were surprised uh, when he left at all. This was actually something that we had talked about on Split Zone Duo, our podcast, that, you know, I think it was widely expected uh, coming down the stretch that his time at Pitt had kind of run its course uh, irrespective of the the good results that they had in 2021 uh pit fans are never happy you know much like a lot of much like fans of a lot of teams so i don't think that i don't think that you know despite the results of 2021 that people were overwhelmed with sadness i think you expect that this is a high turnover industry and that these things happen uh you know and before 2021 sure there were plenty of pit fans who who wanted them fired when the offense wasn't great and that's just sort of the nature of the beast as well
0: Doubling your pay doesn't help or doesn't hurt either for the most part. Um, In regards to, you know, it it sounds like Mark has a, has a fairly decent history coaching. Uh, He knows how to lead a team. He knows how to run a team because he's been a head coach. Scott Frost seems like he's had some growing pains over the past few years, transitioning from uh, central Florida to Nebraska and he's had a fairly young staff in regards to age and experience do you think do you think mark will bring enough to elevate scott frost's tenure at nebraska or do you think there'll be more growing pains especially because of the age difference
1: you know it's really hard to reach conclusions about what age means for for a coach you know there have been plenty of examples of uh, a young head coach and an older assistant having tremendous relationships and and doing a lot of things very successfully together. Um, and there have been plenty of examples of, of that, of the opposite happening uh, and of coaches not getting along. I think it's hard to, hard to draw definitive connections based on, you know, the age gap between a coach and a coordinator. Uh, but, you know, I think that any offense coordinator that you hire is going to have a significant hand in whether or not you score points. Uh, Nebraska's offense was, you know, I think better than a lot of people nationally realized last year. Uh, And you just see how, how significantly things can improve. I mean, you know, better than anybody that Nebraska was not as far as the record shows away from being a pretty decent team last year. So, you know, you get, you know, considerably better luck in one score games and you refine some things on offense, you get a little bit more of a downfield passing game. And uh, just because of kind of the, the bad luck that Nebraska had last year, you'd think that, it doesn't take a ton. It doesn't even mean it has to be a genius hire for the team to be quite a bit better in 2022.
0: No, I would agree. And and an offensive line that actually blocks will actually go a long ways this next year, if that so happens. So no, no, thank you. I, I I appreciate your input on that. Uh, As I, we'll move on to uh, the second subject of this podcast. It's something I asked all the national writers who come on here and I know, I hope you have fun with this. And that is, What is wrong with Nebraska football?
1: (laughs) Well, I think that what is wrong is a very, uh, it's a question that depends on the scope that you're asking about. Uh, What's wrong in terms of why isn't Nebraska a national title contender the way that it was for many decades? Uh, The sports changed. I know that I think Nebraska fans know this. I don't think it's an irrational fan base by any stretch. Um, You know, whether that and this started many years ago, you know, when the Big 12 formed and made it harder uh, to get partial qualified players onto rosters, you know, something that had been a really big deal for Nebraska uh, when other teams caught up in strength and conditioning and facilities, uh, when scholarship limits and roster reforms over the years uh, made the walk on program a little bit less of a, a separator for Nebraska and other schools. Uh, you know, all of that's changed, and I don't think that's ever going back. But uh, what's wrong? What's wrong with Nebraska as far as why can't it win the Big Ten West or or make a bowl game? Uh, that's a tougher one. That's that's a considerably tougher question. And I think if I knew the answer, I'd probably be a very well paid consultant uh, working with Scott Frost on fixing it. Uh, but I think that there's a lesson in it, and that's that there is no such thing as a slam dunk hire in this sport. Uh, Things can look perfect on paper and then life can get in the way, and things can be a lot harder than you thought they'd be. Uh, so, that's Nebraska's kind of been a case study in that. But but I do think that, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on a Nebraska podcast, that they're not as far away from being a respectable Big Ten team uh, as some weird sequencing made it look last year.
0: In regards to any major improvements you can see done within the football program, do you have any recommendations for what they could be or should be doing in the future to improve themselves?
1: Uh, well, one thing that was very obvious was that last year the special teams were terrible, and that's one of the things that you noticed in the Big Ten. Uh, obviously, it's a special teams league, or at least that's the joke—that's the reputation about it. Uh, Nebraska had a field goal game that was basically non-existent last year; uh, that couldn't trust their kickers to do. Uh, anything really from even inside forty yards, let alone outside. Uh, you know, only a a decent, you know, kind of okay punting game. Uh, I think, and, and not much of a return game either. So I think that you know you fix fix your special teams. That's pretty pretty important. Uh, that's a, a phase of the game that can, especially when you're playing a lot of one score games, make a pretty big difference in in your final record. Uh, and hope the hope that the Mark Whipple thing works out. It very well might. Anything else you'd
0: like to say on college football today?
1: No, thank you so much for having me.
0: Definitely. Uh, You know, I try to get you in in time. Uh, Again, this is Alex Kirshner of the Split Zone Duo podcast. Alex, why don't you give the people an idea of how they can follow you online?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, If you're interested, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Alex underscore Kirshner, K-I-R-S-H-N-E-R. Uh, And we'd love to have you try out split zone duo. It's a national college football podcast. It publishes once a week in the off season uh, and uh, twice a week during the regular season. Uh, And that's just our free shows uh, that that anyone can get. Uh, If you go to split we have about uh, 3,200 subscribers, I should say uh, to a Patreon where we do multiple bonus episodes per week on a wide range of topics. Those are interviews, analysis, breakdowns of various things, history episodes, uh, and we'd love to have you along. That's at splitzoneduo.com.
0: And as a split zone duo Patreon subscriber, I would highly recommend anybody who follows college football to listen to it. All three of you guys do a phenomenal job. I think I've mentioned on this podcast before your recent one back, I think in January over Wyoming, was particularly interesting. And uh, somebody who spent time in that area, especially for college, it's a. Uh, you guys were right on the mark on a lot of things. So I would highly recommend anybody to subscribe to the, to the podcast. So,
1: well, thank you. That's uh, obviously we talked a little bit about the, uh, the the famous tie between Wyoming and Nebraska in that episode. So uh, no, you guys did a great job. A Bob Devaney size tie. Yeah.
0: Thank you.